0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek It's Hey, this is Matt Lesher This is Phil Lamar
1: Hey, this is Rob McHillor A.K.A. The Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live
2: Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live Review. Don't worry, everyone. I wasn't going to mix this episode up with an episode of Geek Vibes Live. Um, This is our review show. We will be breaking down Avengers Endgame. This is technically part one of a two-part review. Um, There's so much for us to get to, so... Without further ado, let me immediately introduce our panel, starting with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hey, Joanne. I'm really excited to be doing this show tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with every beginning is an end, and we will be discussing Endgame, and like
0: I said, there's just too much to talk about.
2: Um, Dom, what's going on, Dom?
0: Man, I'm good, man. It's good to be here.
2: All right. Let's <laughs> That was perfect. Uh, I'll definitely say that was a lot better than Joelle's usual, uh, <laughs> like, opening remarks. Joelle's is just really quick, and then sometimes it's just like, all right, Joelle, like, come on, man, give me give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. <laughs> like, come on and start cursing at me or something. Like, give, give me something. Uh, <laughs> Doing well. I'm
3: so excited to talk about Endgame with you guys.
2: All right. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Um Dom, i actually start with you, man. Um, I want I to start with your initial thoughts. Um, I kind of want to piece this together um, rather than just doing it all at once. Um, I want to ask you your thoughts on the beginning, the first arc of Endgame. Um, so we can say that's between, obviously, the opening scene with Hawkeye to about, let's say, right after they found Thanos um, and took Thanos. Oh, by the way, this is a spoiler review. Um, spoiler review, but yeah, um, we'll cut it off right after they took out Thanos the
0: first time.
2: Um, that's the arc, the first arc we're going to, we're going to start off by talking
0: about. Well, I think uh, initially for me, uh, like, and it's, it's it was a little different for me compared to most people there in the theater. Cause I, I go to a lot of movies by myself. And initially within the first 15 minutes you hear, Crying all over the place with Tony and his uh, video uh, recordings, and uh, so yeah. I mean, the, off the rip, you know, you your emotions that are already getting attacked by the movie, and uh, it, it it started off a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. It um, I wouldn't say that it jumped right into it, but it, it kind of did jump right into it, um, and I didn't expect the the quickness of them getting to to Thanos uh, at that that first part of it I, I was very surprised that the how, the route they went and then after that happened I was kind of like okay this is going to get interesting how are they going to move forward through the rest of this movie because I mean of course you can of tell the how going to parts of it were going to play out but um, yeah uh, seeing Seeing Tony the uh, the way he was looked very you know frail and sickly, and that he usually with his you know cocky bravado and kind of was like All right, this is this is it, um, and Nebula being caring when she's usually kind of uh, you know not evil but evil for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was weird to kind of see. All the uh, everything kind of played out that way in the beginning uh, started off, you know, very sad, and then when you get to, you know, the reconciliation of what was him, or almost, with him and Cap, uh, which I kind of ex- expected, but it, I don't know, there was a lot that went on, um, but yeah, it's hard to get all my thoughts about all this, but <laughs> I, I will ask you.
2: I will ask you um, two questions, actually. One, yeah. do you did you feel it was just convenient um, that Captain Marvel uh, just so happened to
0: have um, flown by um, the ship? Yeah. I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. At the very last second, like, oh well, this is it, and then oh look at this bright light. Yeah, that was very convenient, and I. I <laughs> It was one of those that, like, you were happy it happened, but then you kind of didn't want it to happen because you're just like, I mean, I know it's it's this grandiose superhero movie, but, like, somebody's got to go. So I was kind of expecting, you know, for him to just, you know, fade out and then Nebula find her way out of the situation since she's not quite human. Right.
2: I mean, I think the biggest thing that that bothered me was, um, to me there was really no setup, mainly because, I mean, I guess you could say, like, once Fury hit the the beacon, um, I mean, because to me it's just, like, the timeline doesn't really line up. Like, it didn't seem like it took her that long to go from her home planet, uh, well, not her home planet, but, um, where where she grew up, uh, not grew up, but where she was trained. Sorry, uh, my brain's tired. Right. Where she was trained, it didn't seem like it was that far to get from there to to Earth. So the idea that Stark had said they had been there for a while, just floating in space. How long does it take her to get to Earth? Because you're right. saying you're saying once the snap happens, Fury hit the button, and then she received it. Obviously, I to me, I just think it would have been a better setup if Tony and Nebula had used, like, the last last little bit of uh, Tony's juice in, like, his arc reactor uh, to send out, like, a beacon, and Rocket yeah. got the beacon um, because he's obviously, you know, knows his, his ship. Um, so once they got the beacon, he immediately um, found a way to get the Avengers to fly out there and rescue Tony. Um, I just think the Captain Marvel one was just like, and then he looked at it, and it's this bright light. She looks like a Super Saiyan. It was just like, all right. Uh, But my second question to you is, um, what was going through your mind when the Avengers found Thanos um, and then just immediately took him out? Um, And the idea that he used the stone to get rid of the stone. Like, what was going through your mind then uh, in in that whole scene? Uh, I
0: kind of was thinking, you know, um, kind of like the Infinity Gauntlet in the comics where I was I kind of figured that, you know, fan I was kind of seeing how they're gonna play with like the Hokanos, kind of realizing that, you know, he kind of made a mistake possibly. And I uh, mean, you know, there was one shot with like the scarecrow of his like costume or his suit of armor uh, that kind of resembled the comics and whatnot. But it, I get, I get uh, Thor's. You know, he he his whole thing of, of, uh, or should I say? Uh, Lebowski, his whole uh, anger uh, towards Thanos and him, and his uh, he felt like he failed. But he is a defeated person. I, I didn't understand the whole, like, we're trying to get information. and How can we fix this? Oh, you know what? I'm pissed off. Let me just cut his head off like I should have before. Because um, I feel like when he did it, everybody in the room was like, You know, why the hell did you do that, man? Like, we... That wasn't the plan. And, you know, I guess you can't really say anything to a god once he's made up his mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I would say, outside of Captain Marvel, not many people could have really stood toe-to-toe with Thor. It's best to just allow him to walk off like they did. Um, I I think the biggest thing that bothered me was um, when... I believe what I saw was that he cut off his hand first. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he cut off his hand with the glove. I looked at it, and I was just kind of like, during Infinity War, like, how did that not just go through your head? Like, (laughs) obviously, he uses the glove and the stone. Like, I get not going for the head. Like, the axe is, is huge. It's hard to just directly try to, like, throw it right at his head. Um, especially because, if you remember, Thanos was defending the, the hammer before it just, like, bursted through. So that I get. Yeah. That's not that's not as easy as people are trying to make it seem. But you 100% could have, like, thunder at him and then landed and just cut off his hand um, yeah. and then just finished them off. So I, that was kind of just like, all right, that seemed like that was easier to do than to just going for the head. Um, but to me, I, I, I saw that, and I was just like, where are you guys going with this? Like, all right, you defeated him now, so how does Thanos now go like fit in the timeline? um yeah. You know, for the rest of the movie to come back, like, what what do you guys mess up? Like, what what actually happened? Um, so that threw me off. That that threw me off. I was kind of just like, I don't really think that part was, I guess, necessary because you didn't necessarily like save the day. You still don't have the stone. Yeah. Um, so it was just it was weird. I, I get it. I get why it was in it, but I was just kinda like nah, alright. All right. Um, but all right, uh Dom, did you have anything else to add about that, that first arc? Uh I think well I
0: I think one of the, the just the hilarity of of Fat Thor was like a is a big thing. Uh his whole I I've given up and it's no one can really change his mind and it was just hilarious like the other jokes that were kind of running through my mind, and then when you call Mabowski, the I was I was thinking that at the exact same time, but I didn't. But since it's, you know the the look wasn't completely exact with the beard being so big, I was like, well, it looks like him to me. And when they said that, I was like, oh, see, I should I should have been writing for the movie too. I mean, I'm in there, but not. Um, I think that's all I can think of at the uh, at the moment.
2: Yeah, I'll definitely say James Gunn, like. uh, I get it. The the fat Thor is somewhat comical. The idea of, like, Thor, this this perfect physique now being, like, all bloated and everything. I'm going to make this super clear to you, James Gunn. Don't bring Fat Thor into Guardians <laughs> 3. Bring me back to physique. If you want to keep the hair, you can keep the hair. Because uh, in Ultimates, he does look like that. But, no, there's absolutely no need to keep him Fat Thor. Please don't. <laughs> I, I beg of you. Like, for... Me knowing how comical these Guardians movies are, a, a part of me knows James Gunn's going to keep fat Thor,
0: and it's yeah. like I don't
2: want it. I don't want it. I thought um, we were going to kind of see him slim down before the final battle.
0: I did, um, I did too. Just, I did
2: too. I was kind of just like, oh no! Like it was, it was cool for the the funny scene of him with Korg and those guys. Like, all right, yeah, that was funny, but no, don't make. Don't keep sore fat like that. No, it, it's not that funny that I need you to continue it. Um, but all right, Tia, uh, yeah. your your initial thoughts of the first uh, act, I guess. I kept saying arc, but I guess arc is the same thing, um, of the movie. So between the opening scene to right when it says five years later, your thoughts on, on that whole first first act.
4: So I definitely have to agree with Dom that it was a little jarring at first to see everything moving so quickly. I was like, Oh, oh, okay, we're right in this. <laughs> this is really happening at all at once, and with Captain Marvel coming, and I thought to myself, Well, how did she know that that ship was there? And that was, but anyway, regardless, right? Um, I think that maybe what was taking so long is that uh, they were just kind of like floating through space, they were uh, leaving the planet Titan, I'm not sure, but what really got me is, first of all, if you think about it, I was thinking about when Stark was even giving that little audio recording and how thin he looked, but he didn't look like that in the trailer, so they did such an excellent job kind of hiding that, and when he comes down to Earth, he looks so sickly and slim, and, like, we did not initially get that, like, really great reunion between Steve and uh, Tony at first. That You know, at first it was Tony blaming Steve, and that was really heartbreaking because I said to myself, if this is the only reaction that they have and we see them going separate the way they did in Infinity War, I'm literally going to lose my shit. That was just heartbreaking to me. Um, I kind of knew that they were going to time jump to five years later, Beforehand, I had read that spoiler, so that didn't shock me as much. Um, but as far as Thor then initially chopping off Thanos' head, I wanted to mention this on our show yesterday when we were talking about Peter Quill having a impulse reaction. Well, there <laughs> you go. There, There is Thor's <laughs> impulse reaction. Um, he just saw red... He's clearly traumatized because essentially he's blaming himself for the mass destruction that Thanos has caused, and he's just like, there you go, I went for the head. But I'm here kind of to defend Fat Thor. Uh, You know, of course, when we first see it, we're like, whoa, what's happening? And there's that comical aspect. It's a little awkward. But the more I thought about it and the more I was talking about it with people, it's actually quite sad he's clearly let himself go he's absolutely depressed as Valkyrie said the only time he even leaves his house is to drink so I mean it is comical because it's like oh Chris Hemsworth this like beautiful physique of a man looks like that looks like the big Lebowski but um the more you think about it The more it's that that is absolutely depressing that that's the way that he is because it's for a reason. I did think that at some point he was going to slim down. Maybe when he like you know summons the power of thunder, all of a sudden it's like bam abs, Uh, which never happened. But uh, we could talk about that later, I guess. I did think it was absolutely hilarious that as he was getting his like costume on, suddenly his beard. Became graded, and I was like, All right, uh, under, <laughs> apparently, style your hair. Um, but but other than that, I think that the beginning of the movie was meant to be that way. I think it was meant to be uh, fast and quick and kind of, um, you know, leave you feeling unprepared and a little off balance because that way then they kind of slid into a slower. Uh, arc with the whole five years later and that thing. So I think it was meant to be quick and for you to be like, yeah, the Avengers, are going off. They're going to accomplish their thing because that's obviously what they do. And it's like,
2: nope, fail again. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I I will say, again, I didn't have any issues with them in this movie making Thor fat. Um, I get it. I, I definitely get it. I just don't want you to do it going forward. No. Like, you yeah, got your point across. Agree. You got your point across. So it seems to be in a better place spiritually that we know he wasn't uh, during the events of endgame. Um, to me, it's it's not funny anymore. Like, get rid of it. Like, get rid of it. Um, so that, that to me is my biggest issue with Soar going forward is that you got your point across. You got your point across that he was broken. Um, you showed that. You show that, um, and I don't want to get too much into the dialogue of that scene. Um, and apparently in the background, we hear Marvel sending the police to my house. Um, but, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but. you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, but, no, I, I don't want to get too much into the dialogue of that because we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I just don't need to see it going forward. That's, that's my only uh, mindset. Um, Pal, I want to hear your thoughts on the first arc, and I will say – it's it's like I kinda feel like we no, Tia hasn't and Dom hasn't even remotely acknowledged the very first scene of the movie. So I'm curious. Um, are you going to talk anything about Paul Kei losing his family? Um or is that well, I, the I, whatever I to so, seriously that was
3: actually what I was gonna start off with. Um because i I it, I've never really mentioned it here on the podcast but Something that I, uh, I've been doing lately is actually not watching any trailers before I watch a movie, especially with the movie I am really anticipating. And uh, Endgame was absolutely no exception. So um, I, I, after watching the movie, I saw the trailers and I realized that they had a clip of Hawkeye with his family. And I am absolutely so glad that I didn't catch that right uh, before I watched the movie because the way that they start off this movie with Hawkeye and his family. I already knew what was going to happen, and I was already getting ready to just, oh, feel that uh, you know that <laughs> feeling of defeat and loss and sadness because I I had a feeling I knew what was going to happen, and when it did happen, when his family just disappeared right before his eyes, and he had no clue or no context as to what was going on. I was just like, okay, this is, you know, it, it's kind of like you, in case you forgot how you felt during uh, Infinity War, this is like the Russo's brothers kind of giving you a reminder, hey, this is how, we want you guys to feel this way, just so that way we can already set the tone within, like, the first five minutes of the movie. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was heart-wrenching. Um, and it was, but, it, you know, before anything happened, it was just really touching to see his interactions with the family because you kind of understand, like, in case you forgot, he is a family man. And he loves his wife and kids so much. And so that kind of made that uh, new reality to kind of more difficult. Uh, like it was a difficult pill to swallow because, yeah, it, it's just, um, it was just really tough to watch on the screen.
2: And what a great way to start off end game, you know?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I I will say the, the one thing I thought, first of all, I want to say when she asked, you know, what do you guys want on your hot dogs? We got ketchup, <laughs> mustard, and mayo. I was just mm-hmm. like, Y'all are disgusting, and that's why y'all are disgusting. <laughs> so nobody put no mayo on hot dogs. That sounds yep. disgusting. I'd rather eat pineapple pizza than mayo <laughs> on hot dogs. She said with dog. a straight face. <laughs> yeah, she said it with a straight face, and everyone's just like mustard and ketchup, and it's just like, what What sociopath is putting mayo on their hot <laughs> well, dog? I don't know. Like, what is <laughs> going on? Like, Thanos the heard that and he was just like, oh. Thanos heard that and was like, nope, dusted, you're gone. You <laughs> oh, need Get out. Get out of here. He deserved
4: that. <laughs> yeah, he
2: was like, like, Thanos was listening to the universe and was like, anyone want nail on their hot dog? He was like, who is that? Where is that coming from? <laughs> that. You're gone. Get out. Gone. Um, <laughs> it was the
4: same psychopath who puts pineapples on their pizza. Amen. Exactly.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I will say um, – uh, I did have this question um, before I pass it to you for you to give me your thoughts on the whole first uh, act. Um, one thing I did always kind of wonder after I left the theater, the first showing was how does Natasha not reach out to Clint? I get how Clint doesn't reach out to her because once you've seen your family disappear, you kind of just think, am I really the only person like alive right now? Yeah. Like, is there anyone else mm-hmm. here? Um, so mm-hmm. I kind of get that and then just losing your family, you kind of just want to be detached. From everything um, and yeah. then I'm sure he slowly started to figure out what was going on um, you know I'm sure whatever news people were left were speaking of the events of of Thanos um, but to me it was just like Nat, how did how did it take you this long to reach out to reach out to him like you didn't put out any alerts to maybe see if he was still alive nothing mm-hmm. you' were just like nope he didn't come ring he didn't ring my phone so he must be dead so you know let's just move on everyone like no, like that's your best friend. Like go reach out to him and see if he's out there. Yeah. Uh, that I never truly really understood. I- I'm curious to hear what you think about that, and then your thoughts on the whole first act.
3: Well, yeah, you bring up a good point because you know there was that scene um, right at the beginning of the movie where they were showing, uh, you know, the projection screens. Um, everyone that pretty much vanished, and they were showing members of the team of. Uh, Not necessarily the Avengers, but just members of the MCU that have disappeared from the face of the earth. And, you know, you would think that, oh, wait, you know, we didn't see Hawkeye in there. Maybe we should check out, reach out to him. I I have to agree with you. I really don't have an answer for that because it wasn't until five years later when they finally met up and um, pretty much told him what was going on, what their plans were. And, you know, within that time frame, I just wondered to myself, man, how – he he basically dealt with all this alone. He didn't really have the support of his friends. Didn't really have um, didn't really have the answers right away. And the fact that he ended up uh, pursuing a path that you know it really doesn't fit his um, you know his demeanor, his character that much. Like you know that he could be using his uh, his skills good and not something in that in the in the manner that he ended up do, choosing to do it in the movie. Um, so yeah, it, 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 I'm sure we're going to talk about it. I had a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts of how, uh, this movie ended up, the, the kind of uh, path and direction it ended up taking. And that was one thing that I always, I, I've, I've, I've had thoughts about, don't really have the answers to, um, because it, it, you know, it seems like it should have been pretty straightforward. Just go ahead and talk to the guy, you know, reach out to him and he would have been with you guys from I wonder if maybe he could have been right there with them when they finally met Thanos in person but i don't know it, for some reason he he must have been the back burner for them
2: yeah and and i will also say really quickly before i sorry i actually let you get into the the whole first, oh, no, that's okay. um, act, um is that it seems like when Rhodey told uh rody was telling her like you know clint's out here like killing a whole lot of people she kind of had that mm-hmm. look in her face like she, she knew what was going on but just couldn't, like, mm-hmm. gather enough strength to actually reach out to him. Um, yeah. It made me even more frustrated because I'm like, like, I'd get it if the first time she ever worked with Clint was uh, during the first Avengers movie. So I was like, they're mm-hmm. not really close. Like, they had to work um, together. Then I would be like, you know what? I get it. I, I completely get it. There's no, there's no uh, emotional attachment there. But then I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, no, like you knew his wife, you knew his kids, so I'm like, mm-hmm. do you think if he was, if he had his whole family back at home, he'd be out here just murdering people? Like you should yeah. probably pick up the phone. And again, I know people are gonna say, you know, we're complaining about a, a lot, a lot of, you know, that has to do with about nothing. But to me, that's important because when you when you open the movie with that, and then you go, uh, you go as far as to show us what Hawkeye has been doing. Since his family got snapped, you are now putting that investment into the movie. So you're trying to tell me that's something I should care about. So the yeah. first thing I think of is Natasha was like a sister to him. How do you not pick up the phone and just go, are you okay? Like, come come to the compound. Come with us. Um, let's try to figure this thing out. Maybe we could, you know, find Thanos and, and uh, like, snap again and, and change everything. Um, so that mm-hmm. just, it did, it did bother me a little bit. But I'm sorry. I, I want you to go into your thoughts on the first act.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, T and Dom pretty much have shared, you know, similar thoughts that I've had. Um, for me, I also felt that it moved really fast to the point where I well, I was almost confused, and I almost didn't really believe what I was seeing on the screen, especially when Thor just killed Thanos right there on the spot, and then the screens fade out to black for the five years later um, showed on the screen. So like, you know, it just faded a black and you're just sitting there and you're just thinking, wait, is, is that really it? I mean, obviously the movie wasn't over. You know, it's going to be three hours long, but it just kind of leaves you like, j- just sitting there kind of confused and wondering what's going on because um, at that point, you didn't really know what kind of direction it was going to take to uh, reverse what Thanos has done. And I personally, yeah, I didn't know, it, like, I, I really went into this movie without knowing anything about it. So I had no idea that there was going to be that large of a time jump. I actually thought, I, I don't know if you think five years was a long time. I, re, I i think five years is a pretty long time. And I think when you think of the context of, you know, what happened to uh, Tony Stark and uh, him and her, uh, Pepper's future, like, you know, obviously that kind of tells you a lot of like how long five years really is. Um, for me, I, I, it was really hard for me to get into right away. Uh, kind of, you know, when you compare it to a movie uh, like Infinity War where, it was just nonstop nonstop action nonstop uh dialogue nonstop uh engagement you know a, a way for you to just engage with what was going on the screen to end game the way that it started off was just much it was slower and then it just went really fast and then out of nowhere it kind of just slows down a bit to give you more exposition and stuff like that um yeah, I, I was not a big fan of it um, and that's why I really have to watch the movie again to feel that way the second time around because the first time I was just not expecting that at all I kind of expected it to go in a different direction and um, to see it kind of just you know it just ended so fast and then there was a big time jump and then you're left there well what are they going to do after this you know how how are they going to reverse what happened and the fact that it's been five years like it's like they don't really start fixing the problem until five years later i i kind of i that kind of you know made me a little sick to my stomach to think man five years of just living with half of the world just gone i don't know you tell me it's a not not a pretty good feeling to to have and yeah i i I have to admit that it took me a while to really get into it
4: yeah i think go ahead
2: tia were you about to say something yeah
4: I'm sorry about that. Uh, not the thing, the thing with the five years, I feel like was put like the reason why they chose that was to like really kind of let you know that this is the reality that everyone kind of had to accept. It wasn't one of those things like okay, absolutely six months, you know, yeah, like five years now they're starting to have to rebuild. We see Steve with that uh support group. Uh, people Mm -hmm. starting to move on I love that uh, one of the Russo brothers uh, cameoed in this movie Um, yeah yeah getting back into like the dating world and then I even like that they put that little thing where I think Steve told Natasha that what was it whales or sharks were in the water now because the water wasn't as Uh yeah the water wasn't as polluted and it's like and Natasha's like, don't tell me this is actually a good thing. But they put that little in there to be like, hmm,
2: this is what would happen if there wasn't so many of us around. hmm Yeah, I, I mean, I think my only issue of the, the five-year time jump is, is twofold. One, that easily could have been in five months. Um, you could have had people wanting to rebuild in five months. You could have had um, everything that happens, happen in five months. The only thing that would have changed is, obviously, um, Scott Lang's um, daughter wouldn't have been as old as she was um, Mm -hmm. in the five-year jump. and Tony's daughter wouldn't have been five years old. She would have been five months old. Um, You know, so obviously, those are the fundamental changes. Um, But to me, when you went five years, that was your way of letting us know that is why it's a three-hour movie, because you didn't proceed to give us almost I'd want to say almost 30 to 35 minutes of nothing but story. Nothing Mm -hmm. but story. Um, And I always feel as though sequels should never be that much story. It should be purely action because your first Mm -hmm. movie is usually the movie. Like, think about it. Iron Man 1 is nothing but story. It's like 2% action. Um, And the reason that is is because you're setting up a character that a lot of people just don't know nothing about. So then mm-hmm. Iron Man 2, as much action as, as you could ask for. Because you don't need as much story. You can just do whatever you want action-wise. Um, so but to Infinity me,
4: exactly. War wasn't really story. Infinity War was not action. Action. So in this, Yeah, yeah right. In this
2: case, and, you had to reverse the roles. And that's what I think I, I, I don't want to say hate, but that's what I think I don't like. Like, to me, neither one of the of these Avenger films are part one, part two. The Russo brothers have made it very clear they're two different movies, so it's not a part mm-hmm. one, part two, so it's not a first movie sequel. So to me, none of these two movies need story. Um, I get it, I get it, and I'm not taking points off because you gave me story or anything. It's just to me, I told you guys it it didn't need to be three hours. Like if you told me it was three hours because you're getting um, you're getting all these stories that set up the future. You're getting these huge battle scenes um, that we needed. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, for example, Game of Thrones tomorrow being almost two hours. Like, I get that because it seems like the entire episode is nothing but one long battle. Um, so I get that. But this was just like, all right, you did five years, but now the five years you have to now give story to what's been happening th- those entire five years. Um, and that's when I think to some people when they were like, the movie's just Slow, so you get to like um, when they start to time travel. Um, it is because it just it drains you of story. Um, so that was my biggest issue with the five year jump is because now you have so much story you have to now cultivate can, because it's five years.
3: If I can make one comment, I think the the reason why um, the whole five years jump made me feel the way it made me feel was probably because. It, it, I, I guess it was kind of. I, I refuse to believe that it took them that long to, you know, to do something because I felt like maybe a lot of, of, you know, what ended up happening in the second part of the movie, you know, kind of like the middle act. Um, I felt like, it, you know, like Tia said, I it could have. I feel like maybe it could have been uh, done within a, a shorter time frame. I don't think it necessarily had to take in that long, and um, because I, you, we all know that these characters are more than capable of. You know, doing their part in uh, in saving the world, but granted, they just did go through something very catastrophic. Obviously, um, Steve and Tony were not on talking terms, and a, a, the a major reason why the second part happened, uh, the second part of the movie happened, was because of Tony. So without Tony, that. And, and without their uh, the relationship at least sort of mending, it, that wasn't going to happen. So I, I understand why, and that they ended up taking that sort of direction. For me, it, it, I wish that it could have happened a little quicker. I guess that's all I have to say about that.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I, we can go. Wait, Tia, did you go yet? Before I go forward,
4: uh, I, I went already. But personally, oh, I okay. don't. I I, didn't, I don't mind the five-year gap at all. I don't know. I kind of like that. I kind of like mm-hmm. that everyone had to live with this for as long as they did because Steve said, if this doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. And there you go. It didn't work. Tony refused to be any part of it. He just wanted to go live his life, and we didn't have Ant-Man. He was still in the quantum realm. I kind of like that it took so long for this to happen mm-hmm. because it was like, wow, can you just imagine, like, how terrible that must have been for everyone within those five years. I mean, we saw Natasha Mm. desperately trying to like cling on to still being an Avenger when like most of them had just kind of walked away from everything. I don't know. And I I completely respect your guys' like stance on it and wanting it to have been maybe a little bit shorter. But to me, the five years didn't affect it as much because – in reality, to the movie, it took about, like, two minutes to explain.
2: Well, I'll say this last thing before we move on to our thoughts on the, the second act. The, the biggest reason why five years bugs me, to you is that you can't tell me, because, again, remember, Thanos said he only wiped out half. Half. So mm-hmm. there's, what, billions on, on Earth. So he only wiped out half. You're telling me in five years New York still looks the same way it did five seconds after he snapped or, or even five days after he snaps, There there looked to be no progress, like none, like literally no progress in that city whatsoever. So when he comes in and he's like, yeah, we're starting to get whales, like the water's getting cleaner, it's like, all right, well, it didn't seem like it. It just it <laughs> looked like Thanos. It honestly looked like four weeks ago. So to me right. it was like in five years there should be some semblance of, a, of, of progression, um, and it just didn't seem like there were any. Uh, and, I, and I'm not talking about, like, businesses flourishing and the stock market is up. No, but just life. Like, it was so dark. It was deserted. It was dark. Um, it, just, it looked like, <clears throat> excuse me, like maybe there weren't anyone living in the city. It, it's what it looked like. So, to me, five years should show. I, I get what you're saying, Tia, you about the story didn't take that long. But, to me, I should be able to get a visual that in five years, this is, this is a difference. From where we were five years ago, and it doesn't look like there's one. Like, if he didn't have the line about the whales, I would have been like, "All right, so you guys are gonna just ignore the fact that in five years y'all have done nothing? <laughs> y'all just been wallowing for for five years straight. No one's like, you know, let me pick up a broom, maybe start sweeping something. You know, maybe trying to get something to look a little decent. So that to me was kind of just like the, all right, this is a
0: bit confusing here,
2: but okay. I think cool. I, I, it kind of
0: it kind of seemed like kind of seemed like Thanos' plan didn't work. People weren't grateful. They were terrified to do anything, I guess, that since everybody just kind of disappeared. Is this the the rapture happened? Is this the end of times? What do I do? And they just were like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. I, I feel like that kind of could have been what the vibe was supposed to be that They just couldn't move on. They just all had like you know PTSD, and was they were just a bunch of homeless people with homes, you know.
4: Well, I mean Thanos was an idiot thinking that like people were going to be grateful. Oh yes, my family
2: is absolutely gone. Thank you, Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I will say, I will say, I think he had a line, and again, I'm paraphrasing, not a direct quote. um, But he said along the lines of they will they will grow to to understand. And you kind of see in the five – well, after the five-year uh, time leap, that was the whole point of Cap having that grief counseling of people mm-hmm. saying they have moved on, they have moved forward. So you were beginning to get a world where everyone was seemingly beginning to, to move on. They were becoming exactly what they – Thanos was trying to say, like, look, I get rid of half the world Y'all can still exist. It's not the end of the world. Like, just get over it. And as harsh as that sounds, in five years, it seemingly looked like that's exactly what they were beginning to do. Um, why mm. it took five, five whole years to do that, I, I, I don't know. Um, and mainly was more confusing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. To, uh, uh, no, go
4: ahead. Power, to paraphrase Frank Castle, grief doesn't work the same for
2: everyone.
1: God, yeah. Sorry, my no, that, that's
2: very true. <laughs> no, that, that's that's very true, and, and you kind of do see that. Um, but yeah, let, let's not stick on this too long. Let's let's move on to the to the second act because I'm sure we could definitely go about this a lot longer. Um, let's go into the second act that takes place right after the the time jump. Um, by the way, I just want to say, if you're gonna tell me the way Ant Man came back is that a rat, who's the true hero of this story, Um, climbs on and and hits a button, you can't tell me it took five years for a rat to just, like, stumble across (laughs) that van and and just walk across. Like, a lot of that was just like, all right, guys, come on. I'm overthinking it. I get it. But it's just like, all right, come on now. Like, you could have had a person walk by and go, like, we've had this truck in impound for forever. Like, is anyone going to try to see what this button, like, why this, this van is high tech? Um, and, like, just hit something and go, oh, my God, Ant- that's Ant-Man. Um, you you having a rat do it was just kind of like, all right, no. N- n- no, Russo brothers. You guys got lazy on that part. <laughs> um, but we're going to go from that all the way to right when they figure out their plan and begin to time travel. So we're not going to talk about them actually time traveling yet because that will be a part of our third act. Um, so we're starting from right after the time jump to right before they go to um to start time traveling um no uh no Dom, I started with you before I started with one of the ladies pal i'm actually going to start with you um your thoughts on the second act uh which had so much story to it um which kind of we'll, we'll stop right before they they actually time travel
3: yeah i guess um so to kind of give the movie some credit i think the reason why they um, they chose the five-year jump it's to kind of give context to the plan that the uh, team of Avengers were going to end up partaking in because of the, um, you know, after Ant-Man came back to the real world and discovered what was going on after Thanos' snap, um, he was able to kind of give the team some sort of help regarding how they could possibly reverse everything. And what felt like five years for us was what he said five hours correct when yeah. he was in the quantum realm
2: yeah he said just five hours
3: yeah so you know i think the reason why they've maybe chose like, such a long time frame was to just kind of show exactly how short it actually was when you do all the um, time jump and stuff but yeah um it was you know, I thought it was kind of funny with, you know, people already coming up with memes on Twitter about that rat that saved Ant-Man. And I, I thought it was kind of funny, but I agree. I guess they could have been a little bit more creative with how they um, ended up bringing him back to the picture. Um, and, yeah, the whole grief circle that Steve was a part of that kind of just emphasizes, uh, you guys all mentioned, just kind of a moving forward and moving on from the, the tragic events that happened five years before that. Um, and yeah, there was just a lot of dialogue, a lot of exposition, a lot of just like kind of setting up the story and just trying to figure out how the remaining half of the movie was going to end up, um, going towards, um, let me think if there's anything else. And then, uh, uh, Scott came into the picture and ended up kind of sharing the, the whole team what was going on. Oh, I forgot about Hulk. Yeah. Um, that was something, <laughs> um, I was, as someone that was really frustrated with how um, Bruce did not want to, or sorry, the Hulk did just not want to come out in Infinity War, and then out of nowhere he was just pretty, much, he was pretty much Hulk the entire movie, like like 90% of it. I just, uh, I was like, Wait, are you serious? He was just gonna, out of nowhere he's just fine and he's wearing clothes now. He's taking pictures with kids and some sort of celebrity now. Uh, I don't know. That was just kind of kind of interesting how they decided to, like, be completely opposite from Infinity War in that kind of manner. Um, but then uh, the fact that Scott was able to share the team, this kind of piece of advice, but even Bruce didn't feel comfortable taking on that plan, so they tried to go to Tony for some help. Even then, he still didn't want to uh, be a part of the plan because we found out, hey, he not only is he married now, but he has a daughter. So that just kind of put things. Uh, the, the stakes are kind of higher now for him, and you you kind of um, understand where he's coming from. I don't blame his his hesitation and pretty much like just his refusal, of wanting to partake in anything that they wanted to do, because a lot more is on the line for him. So um, that you know, there was that, and then eventually, Tony, being Tony, of course, he has to. Um, he wants. He he wants to try to figure out the missing piece of the puzzle. And when he does, that kind of just, um, he, he, he kind of realizes, okay, you have the help that they need, but whether or not I'm going to give it to them, that's the main thing. And obviously we, we end up knowing what happens and that kind of leads us towards the third act of the movie. But yeah, uh, that, it, again, like for me, it was, Oh, you know, it was really – at that part of the movie was a lot slower than the first half – or the first part, because the first part didn't move really fast, and then this part was just really slow, just a lot of setting up. Um, no, no action, really. Um, a lot of arguments, obviously, because, you know, the team just – they're still really down. They're hopeless. They're not um, optimistic whatsoever. And um, for me, again, it, it was really hard for me to get into it. But um, nonetheless, I was still really um, – appreciating what each of the characters had to bring onto the screen, and you really felt the way that they were feeling um, during those moments. So, yeah, uh, that's what I would have to share about that.
2: Yeah, I I will say the Hulk thing um, I'm not a fan of. Um, I never will be a fan of, mainly because you gave us Hulk Hulk. Because you were actually saying, and I'm going to slightly disagree with you here, You you were saying that we got pretty much just the Hulk. The, the the whole movie. I, I disagree. I think we got Banner for the whole movie. He no, just had to physique as right. the Hulk. Um, yeah. And what stressed me out about that was there was no Hulk moment. Like, to yeah. me, That's every awesome.
4: last
2: yeah. every last Avenger, like, literally, name me one, and I could give you a point in either Endgame or Infinity War where they had a moment, mm-hmm. like, a, a good moment, not a moment of them just being completely wrecked. Um, and Hulk never had that. And to me, I thought what would have been more beneficial was if you had to where it was just Banner. Like, they went to the diner. It was Banner. Um, You know, they were talking to him. The events of Natasha happened where she was sacrificed for the Soul Stone. You see Banner just get frustrated, but you don't see him hulk out. So after Thanos bombs the Avengers headquarters um, and, like, where Ant-Man goes down to go help Rhodey and, and, and Rocket, you kind of see the Hulk down there just jump up, holding both uh, Rody and Rocket. And you kind of go, oh, man, like, it's Hulk time now. Like, Hulk is about to rip through these guys. And we never mm-hmm. had it. Like, I, I get you wanting Professor Hulk, like, oh, visually it looks cool. Like, finally we don't have to worry about a transformation. And it was kind of like, no, you robbed me. Like, mm-hmm. I think the Russos forgot that in Infinity War, he did nothing. So it yeah. was like, all right, you fast forward to end game. He did nothing. He didn't know how to to get everyone to go back in time. That was Tony, and then like the biggest thing Hulk did was hold the the, the building up from uh, killing Rocket and Rhodey. That was literally like the biggest thing he did to help. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. And putting on the gauntlet um, to snap everyone back. That that also mm-hmm. was, was was the biggest thing. And I guess you were saying, not you you specifically, but I guess they were saying that was the reason why you needed him in the Hulk form to to do the snap and he had to be smart enough to understand how to, you know, what he was doing or whatever. But to me it was just, it was cheap. It, it was, I feel robbed. Um, mm-hmm. I, that won't ever change. Um, Cause it doesn't seem like we'll have a genuine Hulk out moment going forward because both of them are one now. Um, and that, that truly does bother me. Um, I, I'll say this. It, it bothers me a lot more than the idea of James Gunn, keeping Thor fat. Like, that's how angry I am (laughs) that we didn't get a proper Hulk moment. Um, Right. Especially, you know, you would have thought the idea that Thanos is the reason Natasha had to sacrifice herself to begin with. You don't even give us a scene of Thor, Cap, um, Iron Man, and Hulk, like the the big four versus Thanos, where we get an actual seeing Banner Hulk out, um, like really get angry. It just it, you robbed it. I, I'm I'm sorry, and I I moved way ahead, but it, it just it really bothered me when I thought like yes, the diamond thing was funny, um, with the kids not wanting to take a picture with Ant Man, um, <laughs> but it was just it was it, it really felt robbing that we didn't get that proper Hulk moment. Um, but yeah, let let me let me pass it on before I just go on another twenty minutes about how irritating that is. Um, See <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on um, the second act. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't give you the the opportunity, but if you guys, when I give you the guys the guys, the, uh, the act, uh, if you need me to, like, bring up scenes um, in case you forgot some of them, just let me know. Um, I pretty much have memorized this movie seeing it, like, three or four times now. <laughs> so if, <laughs> if there's any scene, like, you're like, what happened in the second half? Like, I can tell you. So if that's a question, just please let me know. All right. Okay, so what am I going to
4: start with? Well, first of all, um, I will put this out right now. Whenever I do these podcasts with you guys, it's always guys. So now that I have Paola here, we're going to talk about really briefly how freaking good did Steve Rogers look in that leather jacket driving up to Tony's house in that car. I just got to say, uh, oof,
2: my fangirl. Hold on. Time out. Mm -hmm. Hold on to you. I thought okay. he looked good, too. All right? Don't just kick me out of, of the celebration. All right? I like the way he looks. I think he's beautiful. Okay? That's- I'm secure enough to say I think he's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to – all right, not to get to the
4: next act really quick. I'm just going to con- – yes, that is America's ass. Anyway, mm-hmm. going back. Um- <laughs> First of all, I was dying the fact that it was a rat that brought um, Ant-Man back. I was like, are you kidding? I was like, this is just, like, comical how, like, ridiculous it is. But uh, I like the little parts in this uh, act pretty much. I mean, I absolutely, absolutely loved Tony finally, you know, figuring out the clue. And Pepper just being such a supportive person where she was just, like, I know you want to sit here and be with your family and I would love nothing more than for you to do that but we both know that you have to go and help out everyone because you're Tony. This is what mm-hmm. you do. And he and he shows up to the Avengers building. And he has that great moment with Steve where he gives him the shield back. And just remember, the last time anything happened with a shield between them was in Civil War when he's yelling at Steve saying, you don't deserve that. That doesn't belong to you. And for him to actually give it to him and have that moment where it's just between the two of them, I loved it. Brilliant. And if, I don't know, are we doing them preparing for time travel? Because I absolutely love that scene when they're, like, preparing for it, and they all have an argument about how they all know about time travel because they've all seen <laughs> the various movies ever. and they're and Oh, yeah. They're all like, yeah, I mean, I just thought that was great. Uh, War Machine's like, uh, duh, hot tub time machine. They're like, yeah, of course, <laughs> we've all seen that. So I just thought that was hilarious. Um, I liked the buildup. They had to go get Clint, and I liked that it was Natasha being the one that had to go get him to kind of, like, bring him back. I mean, it was kind of crazy that Clint turned into, like, the Punisher, essentially. He was just going all out. I was like, all right, Clint, I mean, these random bad guys in Japan aren't the reason why your family is gone. But, cool, we'll go with it. Uh, I I did like it. I liked the buildup. I liked the setup. Everyone kind of coming then back together after so many years apart. Uh, I just love that little scene of Ant-Man sitting there eating tacos and poor guy can't eat from tacos because War Machine just comes and, like, dusts all that shit away. Uh, The Professor Hulk thing was a little strange to me. It took a lot of time for me to get used to that because I was like, this is just weird. But I guess they wanted to avoid the whole let's make Bruce angry to become Hulk type thing. I don't know why they did it, and as you guys know, I'm not the biggest comic book reader, so uh, that happens in the comics, right? Like, that's the thing that happens in the comics?
2: Yeah, <clears throat> he is, he, he does, there's two versions of Hulk that are really intelligent. It's when Amadeus Cho um, becomes the Hulk, um, and there is a moment where Banner does, um, excuse me, merge of one mind with the Hulk and become Professor Hulk. So it, it is comically accurate. It's just you completely destroyed the man in Infinity Mm War. And you think the best response to that is to make him, like, this this nerd? Because he essentially (laughs) has not only the mindset of Banner, he has the heart of Banner. Mm -hmm. So there is no more, like, ferocious beast of the Hulk. Like, I'm going to just rip your head off of your body. That's gone. Um, So it was just kind of like there was no payoff to this character. Like, to me... I kind of felt like it was Kevin Feige's way of letting us know, like, look, Universal doesn't play ball, so you're never getting a Hulk solo. We really have no interest in using this character going forward, so we're just going to retire him. Because that's essentially what you did when you made him Professor Hulk. He's retired. That's essentially all he is. So that's why it just bothered me so much, because I'm like, when you see him in the Battle of New York, not to move too far ahead, but that, like, I'm like, man, can you guys, like, swap those Hulks? Like, keep Professor Hulk here and, and give us back that Hulk? Um, you know, because I want that Hulk that is just, like, in, in my mind, Tia, before I pass right back to you, I've always thought of World Breaker Hulk. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, that's the Hulk <laughs> that, like, if you know anything about Dragon Ball Z, it's like the Hulk turned Super Saiyan 3. Um, <laughs> and he's just, like, he's just a ball of energy, and he's just, uh, the angrier he gets, I mean, the stronger he gets, to where he could stomp the ground and half the city will split. Um, and that was like the most powerful you've ever seen the Hulk. And I really thought we were gonna get that. And then when we didn't, I was just like, oh, we're never gonna get a cool Hulk like ever. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, Tia. I- I'll pass it back to you. Um, you could go a little bit into their um, a little bit more into their preparation um, of-, of time travel if you wanted to to go more into that.
4: Well, I, I was just going to say I really enjoyed it, how they kind of went through the, that, that hilarious scene where Scott became a kid, a baby, an old dude. I mean, they had to kind of go through those little aches and pains first, but I, I don't think they spent too much time on it. But again, enough time to kind of know like, hey, we really need Tony for this. As smart as Banner is, he's just not going to cut it out. Essentially, um, and I just like seeing everyone come together. It looks like everyone was rejuvenated when you know for five years they were all down in the dumps, really defeated, and not really having any hope or faith that they would ever be able to bring anyone back again. And so this gave them hope, and this really was them preparing to do whatever was necessary, whatever it takes, to get to their end goals. So I like it as a preparation, and um, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I really like their outfits. I really like them. I was like, I love that the Avengers symbol was back on it because that's something that we have not seen in a while. Since Civil War, you know, Cap has taken the A off of his uniform. We didn't see it in Infinity War. This kind of they're all separated now. And in, in Infinity War... Yeah, we got a lot of team-ups, but essentially it was three different stories with those three different groups never interacting with each other. So I loved how in this movie they kind of got back to the whole, they're a team and it's a collective group and this is what is required to defeat Thanos because in Infinity War, and not to jump too far ahead, but in Infinity War, the reason is that they were not together. They It was separate and that's essentially why they lost the Thanos, because they just weren't together anymore. And that's what I loved about this scene, was just
2: setting up that this is a team again.
4: So, yeah, those are my thoughts pretty much.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, them being a team uh, seemed to be the exact remedy. Uh, it, it was funny when, when you were saying ant Man turned into, like, a baby and an old man. Excuse me. It was weird, because, like, I didn't really laugh. Uh, during that, I think I found that situation funnier when Stark pulled up and was like, let me guess, turned into a baby? <laughs> and <then> he's like, <laughs> amongst other things, like, that's why yep. I was dying laughing. Um, I, I just kind of feel like when it comes to comedy, um, maybe maybe Thor and in, in Star-Lord, but no one nails comedy as well as, as Stark. Like, it just seems so natural. Like It just seems like Robert Downey Jr.'s talking. He's not playing a character, um, so I think that was what made that whole scene funny for me. Um, but yeah, the, the second act to me was just like, all right, hold on, everyone, you know, don't, don't, don't think that you know we're, we're going south with this. We're just preparing. Get ready for this third act. Um, it, it did feel like it went a bit longer than it should, maybe. Um, but one scene you guys again didn't talk about because it just seems like you guys are just. Sleeping on your boy Ant Man um, was him. Was the idea that um, when you go when you went to the um, the graveyard, how they uh, remember oh, yeah. the um, the people that were snapped? I thought that was beautiful. Um, yeah. That was that was amazing how they did that. Everyone had like there was big tombstones with like hundreds of names on each side. Um, I thought that was great. Excuse me. And then well, I, I, I especially... also thought. I was going to say I especially love that because even
4: where I live you see you know being in New York you see that everywhere pretty much like every little town has something erected for it you know not to get too serious but for like the nine eleven victims around so to me that was very much like almost uh like a metaphor for it just in that right. way and and him desperately looking around trying to see if it was like Kathy, which I understand that was his daughter. And I'm like, you didn't look for hope
2: or, or Hank? No. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> no, because to me, to me, it was like at that point, he had only remembered how young she was. So it was like, if she isn't on here, where is she? Like, she must be terrified. Like, picture if you see everyone else's name that you know except for your daughters. And it's like, if she's still alive, where is she? Like, she must be terrified. Um, So I get that. Like, uh, I'm not a parent, but I get if I was, like, that would be my only focus, um, is to see exactly where my child is um, in a a crazy tragedy like that. But um, I also thought it was super, 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 I don't want to say emotional, but great for the story when you see Lang ask the kid on the bike, um, and he kind of just looks at him like, you you know what happened, and then he just kind of like wipes like wipes his tear, and then just keeps riding. I thought that was important. It was important because it's like five years have passed, and these people are trying to get over it. And someone who obviously doesn't know what happened asking questions doesn't help the healing. Um, so you just see the kid just like, you know, like this isn't don't joke about that, and then just keeps keeps riding on. Um, I don't want to get into the whole age drama. Um, I, I will never accept that, so we'll just leave that there. Um, for Maybe we'll, we'll when we do this for maybe an episode of Geeks Against the Grain, we can go into an argument about that, but they definitely just ignored the fact that his daughter, last time we saw her, was no older than <laughs> eight years old. Um, and then you see her coming to the door, and it's like, alright, well, she's definitely like, she's she's old enough to drink, so that's not fine. Yeah. I, I know that. <laughs> And that's not Juwan
4: years. will always go on about this. She needs like three hours just to talk about this age thing. I a
2: hundred percent do because she was eight to le- she was no older than eight years old in Ant Man and the Wasp. And then you're telling me five years from that movie. Mm-hmm. She, she looked like she was old enough to drink. It is like she was I like she was like fifteen.
4: She was like fifteen. She
2: was fifteen. That's what 15-year-olds look like? She, look, she definitely looked <laughs> like she was old enough to drink. There's no way she was 15. That, no way. I looked at the actress. The actress isn't even 15. Um, but anyway, let's, <laughs> let's go to Dom. I'm sorry, Dom. Uh, I'm going to go to you. you Your did? thoughts on the second act?
0: I, I definitely uh, felt bad for, for Scott. It's kind of like a uh, Rick Grimes waking up from a coma moment where, you know, gets out there and it's like with the kids, you know, where, or looking for the names on the, uh, on the stones, like what, what the hell happened? Where is everybody? Right. Like, um, and then like the whole thing, I definitely think within five years that Banner you would think would have some kind of bin pin wrist device that hooks into his arm to shoot in some kind of adrenaline to turn into the Hulk or something. And then some, Melatonin, the common, I don't know. I figured that as smart as he is, he could have figured out um, something, but uh, I did like that Scott was kind of uh, the catalyst, that uh, you know, from being like the butt of all the jokes that he's not a real superhero and always joking about his name to be the one who kind of sparked the idea that this time travel thing is a possibility and, uh, I, I like the, the foreshadowing with like the um, the rescue uh, helmet that that peppers of, of, of peppers and uh, that if I'm not mistaken that uh, Tony had a dream in Infinity War that they had a daughter named Morgan and that ended up being the daughter's name. So I don't know if that was kind of some time travel type of thing or it was just a coincidence that that it happened. Um, but I, I definitely, I'm a I'm a dialogue kind of guy, so like I could definitely watch a movie for the dialogue and be completely okay. So I kind of it wasn't that bad for me.
2: Yeah, no, and and I wanted to mention uh, when when your brother, I think you brought it up Tia about um, Pepper kind of just giving her blessing of Tony going back into into action. What I love most about it is we've seen Pepper over the course of these 10 to to 12 years, constantly telling him, this is not your job. You do not have to be the guy that saves the day. Um, And we get all the way to endgame, and she's now just like, Tony, you want to do it? Go ahead, man. He's like, well, I don't have to. I could stop now. And she's like, oh, now you want to stop? I asked you not to do it in Infinity War, and you ignored me. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You be you. Um, and of course, she didn't say it like that. She said it more lovingly, um, but you could tell that's probably what she was thinking. She was like, "You never listen to me, so was like, why would I think you know I w- you're going to change now?" So just go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. And, oh, I was gonna—I um, was gonna say—I I go wonder
0: uh, how. I wonder how, um, like at Clint with him, the way you know going Ronan. I wonder if that's why he was always such an even-keeled person because he knew like that's the things he could have done because in all the movies he's very much like, you know, just setting up shots. I'm, I'm going to be in the back, uh, shoot my arrows here and there to see him now to where he's taking on a, a whole clan of, uh, you know, drug lords, gang members, whatnot, the Yakuza types by himself with no problem. So I wonder if, like, that's what he was always trying to avoid, you know, especially with him. Like, uh, with him and Nat's relationship, he sees her doing all that, and he, I wonder if he saw himself when he saved her from that life she was living because he's like, hey, I could easily go in being, you know, Rambo and destroying everybody in my path. I wanted to, but I'm trying my best not to be that way, and if that's why he always tried to stay so far away, I don't of nowhere from everybody else
2: well I, I will say uh and and Tia, this is <clears throat> to you in case you've never read the um the ultimate comics uh for the avengers um clint clint's family was was killed right in front of him um by like this rogue organization or i think like shield turned turned bad um and he was he was captured and they were torturing him um and he had no shoes, obviously he didn't have his, his gloves on or anything this Hawkeye was so bad. <laughs> He plucked off his fingernails and used them as weapons to, like, fling into, like, people's eyes and, like, their, their necks as, like, 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 arrows. He was just, there was oh nothing he couldn't do in the Ultimate, in the ultimate uh, comics. He was so awesome. He then turned into Ronan, who was just so lethal. Uh, and that's what I love, that um, this movie was embracing that. And then I, com- I immediately hated when they turned him back into Hawkeye. Like when I saw the yeah. arrows, I was just like, n- n- no, they just showed you that you've been for five years fighting with the sword. Why do you have arrows now? You're not Hawkeye anymore. You- you're Ronin. Uh, right. I was just like, oh, why are you guys stripped down my heroes so much? Um, but, yeah, in-, in the Ultimate comics, Hawkeye was very lethal. I don't think they were really trying to go that extent um, before this, um dumb. But I do get where you're coming from. Clint definitely showed you he has a dark side, and his dark yeah. side is lethal. Um, so, so I would definitely, especially if they're going to give us that Hawkeye series on Disney+, Plus, I'd like to see more of, that, um, of him still battling that because he still has that tattoo that I'm sure he's going to have to explain yeah. to his wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because we've seen this with Frank Castle. Once you, enter, um, once you enter into that darkness, it's not a switch. You don't just go, all right, well, now that the job's done, I'm cool. Like, I'm, 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 not, I'm not crazy killing people anymore. Like, everything's all right. Like, no, a part of you is still willing to do that um, at a drop of a hat. So I am curious to see if any of that pops up in that series. Um, but let's move on to the third act. We can go through the, the timeline. Um, if you guys need me to give you points of the timelines where each team went, please let me know. Um, but we're gonna go obviously from when they start the time travel right up to the end of the movie. That's that's we're going all the way through. Um, so I'll keep an eye on the time. Um, but Tia, I'll start with you. Walk us through the the final act of the movie.
4: Okay. So oh, so many things to talk about. Mm-hmm. I will first. Oh, first I'll say. Two things with the time travel thing, because it was all amazing, and we just don't have enough time to, I think, go through everything. But uh, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love them going back to 2012. I love seeing the uh, scene after they capture Loki and that kind of extension of it. I And I'm a big Frank Grillo fan, so I loved seeing uh, Brock <laughs> Rumlow back. I really enjoyed that. I loved Ant-Man. How could you guys not see that they're bad guys? They look like bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was just so great. And uh, I absolutely loved when, first of all, oh, when Steve walked onto that elevator. And, again, you guys know I love yep. the Winter Soldier. And I was like, are we mm-hmm. going to have another elevator fight scene? But then when he was like, it's okay, guys. And he was leaning into the dude. And literally, I was I watched this movie by myself, right? But I want to say to someone, is he, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? And he goes, Hail Hydra. And I, I lost my mind. I was like, you said it. He said Hail Hydra. I was like, that is just so amazing. So I love that whole entire uh, back story. Tell me how I really thought Loki was going to show back up. Because he took the Tesseract and he pieced out. And I was like, where did Loki go? All right, where did Loki go at this point? I, I was really hoping that he would pop back up, but it's okay. Maybe this is just setting up for his solo series on Disney+, Plus, so it's fine. Um, and another thing I wanted to comment about on one of the scenes is obviously uh, Black Widow's death. Her and mm. Clint go to, I forget what the place is called, but they go for the Soul Stone. And my thing is, did no one tell them, hey... You know, it's like Nebula had to have known. So before they, like, went off, did she go, hey, the team that's going to get the soul stone just to let you know mm-hmm. when you guys are dying. You know, that mm-hmm. was, like, the one thing that kind of bothered me. I was like, why didn't, like, why weren't they warned? Um, well, and then
2: obviously I, I have... do want to say to sorry. you. Mm-hmm. No, no, no I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to say really quick. I do want to say because a lot of people are saying that. Think about it, though. If she told them, you might have had Cap decide oh. that he was going to make that sacrifice. So you might have had mm-hmm. Stark decided he was going to make that sacrifice. So the story, you needed someone that was expendable. Black Widow is the most expendable. Like, you needed someone that could put everything aside, who didn't have much going um, in their own personal lives. Like, think about it. Like, Clint has a family. Stark has a family. Nebula does have a family. Um, Natasha's family is the Avengers, but outside of that, she doesn't really have anything else. So it was the person, really, with not much to lose. Um, So if if anyone else knew, like Hulk might have wanted to to make that sacrifice instead of her. So you would have just had, like, all the Avengers sitting there like, no, I'll do it. No, 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 I'll do it. No, 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 I'll do it. So to avoid that, don't bring it up. You let them find out on their own, and then they do what they have to do on their own. Um, I kind of feel like it was the same instance where uh, Stark asked Strange, like, out of the 14 million ways, like, is this the one we win? And he's like, if I tell you, it won't happen. Um, so I think that's mm-hmm. what the story was playing along with, with Nebula not warning them um, about what Vermeer, I think is what the planet was called, something along yeah. those lines. So I think that's why it was never said.
4: Yeah, um, and I, I do believe that as well. It was just, like, the one thing that was so me, but um, are we talking about, like, the actual final battle? Is that happening Mm -hmm. right now? Okay, Mm -hmm. then, shit, man, there's so much. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I guess I'll just go through, like, the little things, first of all, Thor-wielding Myonya and Stormbreaker, I was like, oh, wow. And then, that was just insane. Thing. And then when, like, I really thought, is, is Thanos going to kill Thor right now? Because it looked like it. And, you know, I didn't know, is Chris Hemsworth done with the MC? Is he not done? You know, whatever. And as soon as I saw the Mjolnir go flying, I go, oh, I, this scene... With so many things of that I have thought for years, and I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if Cap really wielded the hammer? But you're like, they're never going to do it. It's too crazy. And then he wielded the fucking hammer. Mm-hmm. I was losing my mind. The whole theater was losing their minds. And when someone was like, I knew it. And I was like, he's a fucking wielding Munir. I like wanted to flip out. It was the Best shit ever. I was like, yes, 100% yes. I'm still going to freak out about that. And then when, like, it, re- first of all, Cap had that, like, Battle of the Bastards moment where it looked like everything was just not going to go his way at all. His shield was broken. Thanos had his, like, massive army charging towards him. And then you just hear Falcon going on your left. And then all of them just start coming back. It was the best thing ever. I wanted to cry. That's how beautiful it was. And the whole entire sequence, everything about it, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, um, that all-female, you know, powwow moment where, like, they all just went ape on that shit. It was the best. It was the best. Like, I I cannot wait to see it again tomorrow. I know that you guys are going to have a lot of commentary on it, so I didn't want to take too much time away. But, yeah, that was just amazing. I mean, and obviously
2: Cap being able to say Avengers assemble. Yeah, that was the payoff. That was the, that I was, I was sitting through that whole, like once Thanos bombed the building and then you see, uh, three of them taking them on. I'm like, all right, well, Thor dies here. Cool. I can live with it. Stark dies here. Cool. I can live with it. Cap better not die right here. I need my line safe. Like you can say the line and then die. Even if you have to whisper it on, on your deathbed, you better at some point say Avengers Assemble. Um, one thing that did bother me, and I'm going to go to, to you, um, pal, um, is when Falcon came in on, on his earpiece. What bothered me about that was I kind of wanted him saying it to kind of quickly go by. So, like, if you're watching it, because, you know, everyone's freaking out in the theater over what they're seeing be, before the events of that. I wanted the fans to kind of miss it. And, you know, you kind of see Steve kind of just confused. And he looks over, and you see everyone is standing Mm -hmm. there on his left. I thought that would have hit a lot harder if you kind of just get Steve on your left. And, like, you didn't really hear it because it didn't come in like that clear. And he just looks over, and everyone's standing there, and they're walking towards him. Um, And you kind of just see him smirk. And then you see everyone line up behind him. Um, and then he gives a rallying cry, and then, the you know, the the final battle begins. I kind of think when you extended it, it was kind of just like that took all the cool out of it because it's like, all right, well, now you slowly see the circles opening. It was just like that was anticlimactic. If, if you had to say oh, really? on your left. I <laughs> Go ahead.
3: Well, so let me tell you my experience when I was watching the final battle. So um, Tia kind of already mentioned it. Um, in my theater when uh Cap finally held the hammer. Everyone went nuts. Me personally, I literally screamed and jumped off my seat. I could not believe <laughs> that it happened. And thankfully we had it was a really so like, beautiful. A, a, it I never would have thought I would have reacted that way, but it was just so unexpected and the fact that they managed to just pull it off just like that and and Thor just smiling at him and just so happy that he finally was worthy enough of holding it oh man it was just amazing and then out of nowhere things started you know all hope seemed lost Cap was seemed really beat down and Thanos looked like he had the winning uh, like he had the advantage there and then um at that point, like I, I, I believe I, there was just so many emotions running through my head that I actually didn't really understand what was going on when, um, when Falcon was talking in the earpiece. I didn't even realize it was Falcon at first, and I didn't really understand what he said. And then, so that's why, for me, when you started seeing those uh, circles opening up, and you started seeing the silhouettes of characters that were fa- that 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 disappeared from Infinity War, I. I can't even tell you guys, I lost it in the theater. And, of course, everyone did, did too. The audience, the energy from the audience was just incredible during that those moments. At, at, whenever you saw, um, I think for, for, for our group, when Spider-Man showed up, it was probably the loudest I've heard the audience just cheering on um, for, you know, Peter Parker and, of course, everybody else that were, um, you know, even characters that you didn't really – uh, you didn't see from Infinity War like Valkyrie and all, um, and all oh, of her troops. Yeah, gosh. Like oh. I and see, you said that you almost wanted to cry. I did cry. I for some <laughs> reason that hit me so hard just seeing it. like because you know you you really want you knew that it was gonna happen. You knew that there was gonna it was uh, the. Napa is it's going to be reversed some way, somehow, and all of our favorite characters are going to come back again, but, man, the way that they pulled that off was absolutely beautiful. There was, like, I I really can't describe it anything else, but beautiful, and I think that's why, like, I just started tearing up, and I, I, I was smiling from ear to ear when I was seeing all of my favorite characters come up on screen again, because i I could not have asked it any other way uh unfortunately Joanna, I know that's probably like disagreeing with what you're saying i like, I really did think that it it it, it was effective it impacted yeah. me personally and i I think the audience loved it too i I've never heard a theater scream so loud, clap so loud so i I you know that I think that was the second time I jumped out of my seat again because I just couldn't believe what was happening, and man, when Cap said Avengers assembled out. Gosh, just and, and, and like I don't think the theater was quiet. Or was quiet after that. They were just loud and cheering on. Like I, it was
4: like a football game we were watching. You know. Did, didn't you cry yeah. when like Tony hugged Peter? Like that, just that oh. scene. I was like, oh my god, this is beautiful.
3: At that point, like I was just such an emotional wreck from like it, it, like the you know happy tears, the excitement, the um the and I was in awe of just like the battle scenes, like just seeing everyone just beating everybody up. It, I couldn't get enough of it. It was just amazing. But, yeah, the interaction with Peter Parker and Tony Stark oh, and that hug, it, 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 oh, you felt that. You, you really did feel that. And um, it was a really good payoff after their last encounter in Infinity War. Like it was
2: very well, well received. I, I will say two things that stood out to me um the most were the visual shots. The visual shot of Thanos' ship coming out of the cloud. That was oh, yeah. beautifully executed. Yeah. That was such that that to me is like a money shot. That's the money shot there. And then the other money Thanks. shot is when right after Cap tightened his shield, um, and then mm-hmm. you kinda just see him by him lones by his lonesome and you see Thanos and all of his army, which by the it's way all the um, Bastards moment. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely was. And I'm going to steal that tomorrow. So thank you for that, Tia. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, one thing I want to call BS on is if Thanos' army looks that big, why didn't he use that army during the events of Infinity War during the Battle of Wakanda? Like that seemed mm-hmm. like it was way more equipped to just run over the entire uh, uh, country of Wakanda. Like that, that army looks eight times bigger than the one that we actually saw. So I call BS on that, Russo's. Um, (laughs) But, no, I just mean when I say it was a bit anticlimactic, just the sense of, all right, it started to slow down uh, a battle scene I wanted. So what I mean by that is if while everyone's screaming about Cap, first of all, also, Cap looked amazing with Mjolnir. Um, Like, it looked Mm -hmm. like he, it looked honestly like Cap. Uh, had been practicing when Thor was asleep. Like he was practicing swings <laughs> with it. Like he was like, Alright, is this how you summon lightning. Alright, like I'm really good at this. So like if I ever need to, I can just cause chaos with this hammer. Um he just looked too natural with it. Like I, I almost at it some was point was like, look, I was like, Cap, you look better than Thor with that hammer. Um and then the idea like, of summon lightning Thor? That's why Thor yeah. took
4: Stormbreaker back.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Thor was like, no, 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 you take that small one. Give me the big one. Like, you take <laughs> yep, the small one. Yeah, I love it. Um, but, no, I, the, again, So the reason why I said it was a bit anticlimactic is that while fans are just going bananas over Cap finally picking up that hammer, um, I think the best thing you do in that moment is, because remember, the first time he said on your left, it was faint. Cap could barely hear it. It was so faint. And then he That's said, Cap, said, yeah. come in. It's Falcon. Can you hear... Like, all that extra dialogue is what I'm saying kind of slowed it down in that moment. If you had just sped it up to where he said it briefly, and, like, a lot of people like, shh, what did he say? What did he say? And then you kind of just see Cap tapping his ear, and then he looks over, and you see all the Avengers there, and you can have a few more kind of popping out, um, but everyone's there set, and you see them walking towards Cap, like, walking behind them, and then you kind of see Cap stare off at Thanos, and then he excuse me, summons there and then he kind of lifts it and says, Avengers, assemble, and then it's all all out battle. I kind of just think mm. it slowed down a little bit, and if he had sped it up a lot more, it just would have been a continuous flow. Um, but like you said, Valkyrie on that horse. We need more Valkyrie. Like, I, I know how much people want to see another Guardians movie. You can hold off on that. We need a Thor 4 because um, I need <laughs> more Valkyrie. Like, she yeah. looks so majestic on that oh, horse. Yeah. It was, to me... Tessa did something to me that I didn't think was possible because I couldn't get over, one, she didn't have the long braid like she did in the comics, um, and two, she didn't have her huge sword like she did in the comics. Both of those really irritated me because it was very easily done. Like, with Tessa, you could still do the one huge braid um, and give her a huge sword. Um, and it wasn't until I saw the shot in Endgame of her on that on, on her Pegasus or whatever you call that um, mm-hmm. that I truly appreciated Tessa um as Valkyrie. And then I was like, Alright, we need more of this. However we can get it, I need more of that. Um so that was that was awesome to see excuse me, it was also awesome to see the first three people out of the um uh, you know, the uh, the portal was Black Panther. Black Panther, uh Shuri and the Nigararas character I can't remember her name. Uh Okoye. Okoye, thank you. Um, And then all of Wakanda come out. And I was just like, oh, man, you you guys don't know, like, you're human. And those are like flesh-eating monsters. You're going to (laughs) die. But it was great. And then I think the scene that made me um, more giddy than anything else was seeing Pepper and Tony um, Mm back-to-back just firing off repulsor beams. I was just like, and you killed Tony. Like right when the Iron Man family was getting the the coolest it could possibly be, you want to get rid of the guy? Like no, like Pepper finally embraces being um, a hero. Also with, with Tony, um, War Machine's new suit that he had at the end of that movie mm-hmm. um, looks really awesome. And then of course Peter with his Iron Spider, and I'm like no, we could have just had like an Iron Family. Like cookouts there would have been awesome, <laughs> um, but it
4: was po- but it was poetic. They had to do it. It was the way that they had to end
2: the saga. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, they had
4: know, to do it.
2: You know what's what's funny to me, and I don't want to move too too far. We're gonna get right into the um the actual ending of of this. Um, two things bothered me. One, Captain Marvel, who I thought was going to actually have a huge moment in this movie. Her biggest moment really was the didn't. fact that she cut her hair. Um, that was the yeah. biggest, biggest moment um, like I know a lot of people are like well didn't you also love when Thanos like headbutted her and she was like unfazed I was like yeah but they quickly remedied that when he was able to take a stone in his bare hand and mm-hmm. punch her into light space with it and I was like mm-hmm. when I saw that I was just like that completely wiped out however cool that, that headbutt was um, so I immediately was just like Captain Marvel had no cool parts in this movie like none um uh, and then the other thing that that kind of bothered me was the idea of I've always prepped myself for the idea of um, whenever we got to this movie, um, someone was going to have to die. And I think mm-hmm. the reason why I was okay with someone dying, because I always thought it was going to be Cap, so I was just like, Evans mm-hmm. wants to walk away, just let right. that character like completely die. We keep Tony, because you've never heard RDJ say like, he was tired of it, he wanted to do other things, because... Um, nothing else has really worked outside of Sherlock Holmes since he's been Iron Man. But, um, you know, you've never heard him say anything about wanting to leave the character. So then when they're like, no, we're going to pick Stark to die and we're just going to make Cap really old. I was like, all right, y'all just hate me. I I think y'all are just like, (laughs) you know, everything Juwan's thinking, we're going to go in the opposite way of it. Um, but yeah, that, that entire battle scene was, was epic. Um, and then you get the the finale of Thanos you know, finally getting the glove. Um, and, and It was so awesome. I don't even know how Stark did it. Um, so where he like, or, or before we get to that part, um, I do want to ask you, Dom, how cool was it? But <laughs> well, not really cool. Did you feel like your heart was about to tear into when Stark looks over at Strange and Strange just mm-hmm. puts up the, the one finger? And it's like, no. Don't tell Stark that's what he yeah. has to do, Strange. Like, you go do it. Don't make it <sighs> do it. Um, uh, just, my heart started to ache. It, You know what it felt like? It felt like the same way I know a lot of us felt when he got stabbed in Infinity War. Like, we were yeah. like, no, 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 no. Please, no, 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 no. Take anyone else but him. Um, And then, like, you see Strange make the sacrifice, and you're like, oh, thank God you saved him. Thank you, Strange. Um, <laughs> I felt the same way. I was like, all right, someone's going to come in here. Uh, cap's gonna come in here and risk his life, save Tony, boom, I can live with cap dead can't live with tony dead um, but no, we didn't get it, so walk me through how you were feeling Dom, when you put that one finger up and it kind of symbolized like
0: this was gonna be the incense yeah initially I, I was like, I thought you weren't supposed to weren't, weren't supposed to say anything, but then yeah. when i when I saw it, it kind of click in tony's head, I was like you come up with some kind of plan first, man. Like, don't just, like, I know you don't have time, but, like, you can't, you can't. Don't, don't do it. But then when, like, I, the way that he did it was, uh, was the was I think it was great. I don't know exactly how he pulled it off, but um, so for for Thanos to look up, like, I got all y'all, fuck y'all. Snaps, and he's like, hold on, wait, it's, is it broke? Uh, and then he looks up and, you see you know Tony's arms start to light up, and it was it was a very satisfying moment, even though I knew that since he's human, it's eventually gonna kill him,
2: yeah, I mean, it was one of the things where it was like um the fact that he was able to hold it as long as he was to give that yeah, power. yeah I am Iron Man, I was just like, you know how powerful you have to be. Like, it wasn't like he was using the suit. Like, that was his bare hand. Um, And in the comics, Iron Man was able to wield the um, Infinity Gauntlet, but it was on his actual suit, the same way the Hulk was able to wield it. Um, And what I loved about the way he died was it seemed like it made him brain dead, and then it slowly killed him. Yeah. He wasn't really able to talk. Um, And then I'm, like, I'm getting teary-eyed now just when Peter lands. um, Yeah. It's like, man. Before I died, and, and now you're dying. Like, why do we keep leaving each other? Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was it was poetic. It started with him, yeah, I don't, it had to end with him.
0: Go ahead. I don't know what it is about uh, Tom Holland, but for some reason, when that kid is in a serious scene like that, you're just like, <laughs> I'm, I don't cry, but like. Nobody looked at me because there's a tear, I think, coming because that kid is <laughs> amazing. I, it makes no sense that anybody should make me feel that way that I don't know personally.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember saying, like, I, I was watching Infinity, Infinity War with my friend Andrew. Um, and when he was like, Mr. Stark, like, please, please, I, I don't want to die. Like, And, and that emotion oh. was just oozing out of him. Like, I started tearing, and I'll never forget my friend Andrew looks over, and he's like, are you crying? I'm like, no, I just yawned. Like, what do you mean? I "No, I'm not crying. Like, as I'm sniffling, I'm like, of course not. So, like, I'm watching this, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to cry. I, I I don't care. Like, if people see it, if people see it. I don't care. Um, but, yeah, Tom Holland looks like any time he dies or someone else is dying, he could nail it. Like, he, he got that yeah. in the bag. Um, so, like, if he was ever in an Oscar movie and had to cry, we know Tom Holland can nail that. Like, he's got that down pat. Um, but, yeah, it was, just, it was one of those things where it was like we knew, like they said, every beginning has an end. He was the beginning. He had to be the end. Um, it was soul-crushing. It, it just it was. And then Pepper, oh, what made me cry even more was how cool Pepper seemed with the idea that she yeah. knew this life was going to eventually kill him. Um, yeah. And she tells him like, you did it. It's okay. You can rest now. Like when you hear mm-hmm. that, you're just like, no. Okay. All right. Listen, these are fake characters, but I feel like, like that's my, my grandpa or something. And like, my mom is telling him like, go ahead. You you can rest. You've lived a full life. Like you did your, j-. it's just like, why am I feel so attached to this? Like I'm pouring my, I'm crying my heart out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a tearjerker, um, and I think this movie set itself up to be one big tearjerker, but I also thought this movie needed more casualties. start that, I was kind of like, no, two is good. I don't think I could have done any more. <laughs> two, two is good. That's that's my <laughs> limit. Um, and I did, uh, I did also
0: remember noticing uh, that, uh, and was, I'm curious to see how they're going to try to play it out, but with uh, uh, an older timeline, Gomorrah with You know, present um, Quill and they don't. She doesn't love him. Like she doesn't know how all the emotions that the old ones had, and he has to, I guess, try to get uh, her to fall back in love with him at some point. Oh,
4: I was super sad about that because I'm like, all Quill was was devastated that Gamora died, and he's like, oh, here's Gamora, she's back, and she's like, this guy, and Nebula is like, (laughs) it was between him and a tree, and I was like. That was <laughs> funny, yes, but, like, poor Quill. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I will say that, that seemingly is going to be the plot um, or the main focus of Guardians 3. It's going to be yeah. Quill searching for her. Um, it has I has to so be. Confused. I was so confused when everyone was like, oh, no, like, she's dead. And I'm like, no, that's why they made sure you saw Quill searching for her, and they made sure that you saw that the search didn't complete. He wiped the screen away before we saw the Thursday found or not found. Um, So, obviously, we know it's going to be heavily Gamora-based, and it's going to be heavily Adam Warlock-based, which is going to be so freaking cool to see. I'm so looking forward to it. And if what I'm hearing is even remotely true, I'm hearing we could possibly even get – God, I just forgot his name – Beta Ray Bill wielding Stormbreaker in Guardians 3. Um, and that alone is blowing my mind. The idea that we <laughs> could get out of Warlock versus Thor, and the idea that we could see Thor and Beta Ray Bill team up, um, it's it just its mind-blowing. So James Gunn, first blow my mind with Suicide Squad, and then let me recuperate, and then blow my mind again with Guardians 3. Um, but, yeah, that, and what, what was funny about those, those scenes towards the end of the movie. We're gonna to get to the, the funeral, but when everyone kept like complaining that there were no in credit scenes, there were. There were four in credit scenes. The first one was them showing you a brand new Wakanda. That's an in credit scene.
1: Mm-hmm. The second in mm-hmm.
2: credit scene was showing you Peter in in um what seemingly is going to be right before Far From Home. That's the second in mm-hmm. credit scene. Third one is showing you Um, The Guardians, the Asgardians of the Galaxy, um, it was a two-parter. First, New Asgard now has a queen, and Thor has now joined the Guardians. Um, The other one was Cap passing the torch. Um, And then the final end credit scene was Steve getting his moment with Peggy. So there were end credit scenes. It just wasn't the way we – see, I think they were smart. Because picture this. Picture if you sat through two hours and 50 minutes. Of um of movie, and then you had to wait till all the credits were over to see more more scenes. You would have been heated because you're like, I have to pee, but like I can't move, so I have to actually everything. <laughs> so they saved us and they gave us in credit scenes as the end of the movie. Uh, but mm-hmm. don't get it twisted; those were all in credit scenes. Um, and, and you could tell just by the way that they were placed. Like, look how much, be- much more beautiful. Wakanda looks like that looks like it's not even Wakanda like it's Vegas right. um, so you know it was setting up each individual character's story going forward that's what an end credit scene has been for Marvel for 12 years now um, but let's get to the, um, the funeral Tia I want to start with you um, main question I want to ask you did you know who that boy was when you first saw him did you know he was the kid that Tony helped out in Iron Man 3
4: Uh, two things I absolutely did not know and the second is I didn't really care I'm like yeah 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 whatever my big (laughs) thing was my big thing was Fury showing up and I was like yes so it was like you know just seeing everyone else I'm like yeah whatever the kid All right, I don't care he was like a kid in the movie that like no one even liked to me it was like seeing everyone else there, you saw Pepper, you saw her family, you saw Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, the Guardians, Thor, Cap- all of them. That's what was beautiful. It was like, again, this is all an homage, or homage sorry to, to Tony Stark. He started off the MCU, and now you have yeah. everyone who's sitting there who they wouldn't have the franchises that they have without him, and that's what was so beautiful. Everyone's almost honoring him, and it was yeah. so beautiful. It was so gorgeous, the fact that they put the this, this thing, you know, proof that Tony Stark has a heart, you know, and sent it off into the water. Uh, what got me was just happy sitting there with Tony's daughter, and he's like, I'm going to get you all yeah. the cheeseburgers you ever want. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Oh, and it also, though, now makes sense why Happy is seemingly having such a big role in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home because he's now taking the role of taking care of all of Stony's children, pretty much. Yeah. And, and make no mistake, Peter is one of his kids. Um, so that was just beautiful. It was sad. It was beautiful. It was a perfect way to wrap up the 10 years that we've seen. Um, yeah, but so to answer your question, Juwan,
2: I had no idea who that kid was. Um, what hurts me about that is I loved it mainly because um, the the importance of that funeral was to show how important Stark was to everyone. Um, and if you remember that scene in Iron Man 3, or the movie of Iron Man 3, not really a scene specifically, um, he helped a kid who couldn't really embrace who he was. Um, lack mm-hmm. of a father. kind of struggles with his mom. He was being bullied a lot. Um, And Stark came and kind of made him feel whole again. Um, He filled that void. I honestly always thought um, Feige's backup to not ever getting Spider-Man was to make that kid um, his protege. Mm -hmm. So I think he was raising that kid in a a sense of that was going to be the one to carry on the Iron Man uh, legacy. Um, and now that he has a daughter, we know there's no need for that kid anymore. But it was it was such a callback to something that I loved. The only thing that I loved on Iron Man 3 was the relationship between the two and how it, it felt like that was the son Stark never really thought he wanted. Um, and their relationship back and forth was was beautiful. I loved it. I, I loved that, that sense of, of those two in the movie. So to see him older... And the idea that Stark would have loved to have seen how, you know, how he's grown, how he's been, if he wasn't keeping tabs on him, um, you know, uh, to begin with. But that, to me, was great. It, it was. Because you wanted to show in that funeral how important Stark meant to everyone. I'll also throw in I wanted Stanley's cameo to be that, um, to be oh. in that scene. Um, I think that would have not only hit us as fans um, because we mm-hmm. know he has Um, But it would have hit – Stan got to see this this universe grow. Um, Mm. He got to see the thing he wanted most, which was these characters to come to life in a successful way. Um, So the idea that you could have just had him as as a war vet or or someone that um, you could have said – actually, you didn't have to say anything. You could have just had Stan sitting there, um, and that was his cameo. Because I think a lot of people missed his actual cameo. Um, But I thought that would have been so poetic, so beautiful to have Stan in that funeral, um, kind of looking over all his characters. Um, That would have just been so beautiful. I'm kind of cracking up, uh, you know, crying here thinking about it, but that would have been beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Pal, your thoughts on the the funeral before we get into um, the weird angle they they went with Cat?
3: Yeah, I actually think I cried more during the funeral scene than when uh, Iron Man actually died because when the, you know, when Tony passes away, I, again, it was one of those things that I, like, I was confused. I refused to believe it because I, and originally I thought if one had to go, it was actually going to be Cap, And the fact that it ended up being Tony was, it, it shocked me. And I really didn't know how to feel about it. I really didn't know how to take in the news. And then when the funeral scene came along, when you saw the flowers being placed on the water and you saw, you know, the proof that Tony Stark has a heart, absolutely shattered my heart. And then just the way that the camera moves around each group of characters that are there because of Tony, just it made me an emotional wreck. I... I, I, I Started to smile when Nick Fury came into the picture because you know obviously we didn't see him throughout the whole movie. So that was an, again that was just an, a nice little fan service, but yeah, it it broke me. And when um, you also heard uh, Tony's voiceover to, to the message that he was sending out to Pepper and his daughter Morgan, um, that was just really touching, and it just uh, obviously just made you an emotional wreck even more. And um, yeah, when. Um, John Favreau's character, Happy, right um, when he was with the with Tony's daughter, and when they were talking about cheeseburgers, and it, 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 like I think it was like a nice little uh, fan service too the very first Iron Man when, um, when uh, Tony was eating, you know, hamburgers at the one of the press conferences. Like, it was, it was like, you know, it's a little detail that if you know Marvel movies, you, you would catch that right away. And man, I love you, three thousand. That is forever gonna like break my heart. For from now on, it's just. Uh, I'm not gonna be the same after that.
2: Yeah, I, I can't even say Andre three thousand without starting to cry. So yeah, just the oh idea. Oh It's just so, the name uh, three thousand
4: about it.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: the name just the word three thousand, like the number, everything about it is just like don't say. <laughs> like I'm gonna cry. Like
3: I don't um, know why it had to be that number, but now it is and for you know, from now on fans are just gonna start crying whenever they hear that. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, it's like like, it's, it's a new standard now. Like whenever you're talking to your kid or like your little sibling, you're like, how much do you love me? And it's like mm-hmm. a lot. We'll put it into numbers. Like a hundred, a hundred. Daughter to go love him 3,000. Like you got to get to 3,000. Like Absolutely. Come on now. That's real love. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I want us to, to make sure we have time to get into the, um, the whole last arc of cap. So we get to the very last of the movie. We see Hulk, um, Cap, Falcon, and and Bucky all setting up um, for Cap to go back, place stones exactly where they should be um, to make everything timeline-wise that's still confusing, um, you know, in order. Um, I did love the scene of Cap um, saying to Bucky, like, don't do anything stupid, you know, while I'm gone. And he's like, how can I? Mm -hmm. You're taking all this stupid with you. It's a callback (laughs) to First Avenger. Um, Yeah. Every scene between the two of them has just always been beautiful. I, I've loved every dialogue since since Winter Soldier between the two of them. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, he goes back. Um, they, they try to send him back. He doesn't come back. Winter Soldier looks over, sees Cap sitting on a bench. So to break that down really quickly, um, when he went back in time, he skipped where he was supposed to go, and he kind of stuck in the past. Um, to where he sat there and waited for that exact moment. So that's how he was able to age that rapidly and be in that exact uh, that exact spot. Um, he had just lived the life, skipped where he was supposed to get off at, got off where he wanted to, and just sat on that bench for that moment for them to look over and see him. Um, I'm assuming. Let me say that. Like, I don't want to make it sound super professional, like I spoke to the Russos,
1: um, <laughs> but I'm assuming that,
2: that's what happened. Um, so we have the moment between – confusingly, not Bucky and Cap, but Falcon and Cap, um, where Cap didn't want to spoil the events of time, so he didn't tell Falcon that he married Peggy um, and had a family and had a life with Peggy because he didn't want to ruin that. Um, So Mm. I thought that was really, really smart. Um, And then, obviously, the big payoff, he (laughs) gives the shield to um, the Falcon, who we now Mm -hmm. can assume in the series is now Captain Falcon. Um, so mm-hmm. that to me will forever confuse me. You had Bucky standing there. You kind of said, no, you're my long, you know, my long lost friend. Forget you. I'm going to take this new guy <laughs> that I friend, president. Um, you're you're gonna one be of my those, uh, yeah, Cause it was just like, it was like, all right, I, I get it. Bucky isn't that guy. You kind of want to make the, the, the captain, uh, America type. Cause the public knows like he was a menace. Um but it's still I would have preferred for Cap to say Bucky I want you to have it and Bucky kind of goes I think Sam is 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 the better option.
0: Um yeah. and then
2: Cap kind of goes you know what I agree. And then they call Sam over and it's a moment between the three of them where they they hand um they hand him the shield. I just think ignoring the fact that like when when Bucky sees him and Sam looks at Bucky Bucky's kind of like go ahead he's waiting for you. How do you know he's mm-hmm. waiting for Sam? You're his best friend. Like it, it just whatever. Um <laughs> now I'm Start with you, Sam. Now being captain Falcon. Are you going to me or are you going to someone else? Oh, pal. I'm sorry. I, I thought I thought I said a name. I apologize.
3: Oh no, that's fine. Um I I can see. You know, I I never really thought about what you just mentioned about Bucky. Why wasn't it him? I never really thought about it that way I'm like, oh, yeah, that would have made sense right he he no, no he's known him longer um i I like it i I know that um it, maybe it's a character that wouldn't have been our first pick, probably, but um I think that it was probably the smart choice um mm-hmm. and I personally am excited to it's it, you know it again you know it's still fresh in my mind it's kind of hard to accept the fact that now we're going to be living a life you know it, you know falcon said it himself we're you know i we can't imagine a life living without captain america and um it's like it's just really uh sad that this is like how our future's going to look like now this is going to be the face of the new captain but honestly i'm gonna i want to embrace it i he will bring a lot to the team and um it, it was a really touching moment when he was given that honor of receiving the shield that captain has, has used throughout, you know, these years of movies and, um, and all these battles and moments. And,
1: um,
3: I, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was touching. And I know, we're probably going to talk more about, you know, captain himself, but I, I have like a lot of thoughts about that too, but I, um, actually when he, when we first saw him sit on the bench for some reason, in my mind, I thought that he transformed back to, his younger self before he turned into captain america because for some reason he looked smaller to me i was like is he normal again like is he not captain america anymore and then once we see him being revealed as his older self i i was oh okay that actually makes me feel a lot better and um yeah we'll, we'll go more into it later but yeah i falcon um i am on board with him being the new captain
2: all right. Uh we got ten minutes left, so I'm gonna go to you quickly, Tia and and, and then you Dom. But Tia, kinda sure. walk me through your thoughts of seeing Captain America pass the mantle onto Falcon for him now for the the show on Disney Plus for him to now be Captain Falcon.
4: I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I understand Bucky is his best pal and obviously the whole Civil War, you know, event happened because of it, but Bucky has been back and forth, you know there he can't be really that trustworthy because of his past and he's not a good image and blah blah. blah. Sam has been there for Cass since day one. He has been his ride or die every single event, even at the end, you know, just met this guy and he is willing to go off and search for Bucky. He's willing to uh, pretty much betray his country for Steve. He's been there. number one, he went off into exile. But, Steve, to me, I'm like, there is no better choice than Falcon for him to pass that along. That was such an amazing scene when he was, mm-hmm. like, it feels, you know, when he takes the shield and he's, like, it feels yeah. like someone else's. And Steve's, like, it's not. I love that. Totally on board. I Again, yeah, I like Bucky. He can still be around. But to me, it was Sam. It was always Sam. If they would have given it. The Bucky it would have been like, oh, man, but Sam's right here. Poor Sam. He just sacrificed so many <laughs> years
2: of his life for you. Yeah. Uh, but In that moment, I would have been like, but Cap chose, you know, childhood friend over newer friend. And it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I guess he learned his lesson from Civil War. It was like, nah, Bucky, I, I took your side last time, and, like, it caused all this. So <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to go to the new guy. I'm going to give it to the new guy. Um, but, Dom. Kind of walk me through your
0: thoughts on on uh, Cap passing the mantle. Yeah, I was I was definitely down for it. I know uh, which not a lot of people know that, or at least they don't. They they don't read comics. Don't know that uh, Sam was did take the mantle of Captain America uh, at one point for a short little stint. The only thing that I'm kind of worried about is like, which I probably shouldn't, but is like the backlash from people who don't really care them much about comics they're going to be like oh you're just pandering to everybody wanting equal opportunity type of thing because i saw the whole backlash report was like what if they made superman a black guy and so yeah. I, i'm all for it and, but i know what's going to come along with it
4: yeah you got stupid fanboys who you know hate the idea when they uh cast someone of color to play a character who was you know Caucasian in the comics, or whenever they cast, like, say, a girl to play a character that was right. originally a male. I totally get where Dom is coming from. Like, we love it, but we're going to see some stupid fanboys on the, uh, yeah. online who are going to have such a problem with it. For sure.
2: Yeah, well, luckily, we don't really care about those people. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't Amen. matter. Um, hey, yeah, in, exactly. my mind, in my mind, they are who Thanos snapped away. So I, I, I ignore right. it. Um, I, 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 I always, always I was, tell I was, people I, when they get up, when they got upset about like the idea of Michael B. Jordan being Superman, they're like, Superman can't be black. And I'm like, so what color do you think Superman is? Well, he's white. No, he doesn't have a race. He's an alien mm-hmm. was drawn to look like he was white. There's nothing historically about Superman that makes him have to be white. Everything about his story, you could just make make the characters look black and nothing changes about Superman.
1: Right. Your hatred
2: is what changes about Superman. That's the only thing. So to me, when people say that, I'm just like, well, you can't say because I don't want Superman to be black doesn't mean I'm racist. No, it 100% does because there's (laughs) nothing about Superman's story that says he has to be white. It's not like if they said, well, and then I hate when people are like, well, what if we made black Panther white? Wait, hold on. So you want to tell me you think it's smart for you <laughs> to tell people that a white guy is the leader of Africa? That's what you want to tell me <laughs> you think is historically <laughs> accurate? Okay, yeah, let's try it and, and see how long that movie lasts in theaters. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> backlash is always going to come um, down from yeah. the superhero world Yeah. from the stupidest of things. So
0: I, I will say really, really quickly. That, uh... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, that I uh, I'm kind of glad that they um, took that they wrote Sam's character a little more serious because I knew eventually that Cap was going to pass the mantle and I, I saw online line that everybody thought it was going to be Bucky before uh, before you know everything went bad
1: and I yeah. I was
0: like at first he was kind of you know Sam was just kind of goofy and you're like I don't want this guy to be that guy but then as the the films progress he does get more serious, and you do see that he can be a true hero and a badass, so I'm glad that they wrote him a little better.
2: And we we will have to wait and see what they do with Falcon's progression come um, the show with him and, and Bucky. Like, does it take place mm-hmm. right after this? Does it take place months later, years later? Um, so it just mm. will be interesting to see if they keep that serious tone or if they keep Bucky serious and make Falcon more of the jokier type. Um, So it'll be interesting. And to see what Falcon's costume looks like now that he's Captain Mm -hmm. America uh, will be very interesting to see. Um, But, yeah, huge shout-out to Rhodey, who essentially, I guess, is the new Iron Man, um, and Mm -hmm. Falcon, who is essentially the new Captain America. Looking pretty equal opportunity out here. So I'm loving (laughs)
4: Um, it. Can I say, first of all, really quick, I know we don't have a lot of time left, But prior to watching the movie, I was, like, reading this thing that, like, said it was essentially the whole plot to the movie. And uh, nothing in it actually happened. But in it, one of the things is that uh, Rhodey was going to die. And I was going to be so bummed if that was the case. I was so happy that when I Mm -hmm. actually saw the movie, he did not die. I'm like, that is awesome. And his new suit. Finally, my man is getting a new suit. Like, holy shit, it's been years. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, if only we can get Rody his legs back, I'll truly be on board with Aww. Rhodey going forward. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: um, cause it just pains me to see that with all the technology that they have, this guy still can't walk. Um, right. So, you know, if we need to start a GoFundMe or something for Rody, we, we got to get that guy's <laughs> legs back. Um, but what I'm not going to do to you guys, um, and what I'm going to try not to do on GeekVibes Live tomorrow when we review Endgame, is ask any of you guys to score it for me um i would like to actually ask you guys to score next friday on um geeks against the grand i'll ask you very quickly um, your score I, I want you guys to have enough time to digest it like the movie just came out technically friday like officially friday and it's mm-hmm. only saturday so it's like that's not enough time and if you guys saw it thursday i still feel like it's time um, i want it you Tuesday. guys to say is that enough time Oh, well, T.A., you don't count. <laughs> you don't count. You do not count. Um, I want to give everyone. I want to give everyone more time to kind of just, you know, breathe it in. Um, so I ask you guys your official rating of it, like one through ten, A plus, whatever. Um, and then actually, I think what I'm going to do is small homework for you guys. I'm going to ask you where you rank it in your top five MCU films. Um, So it'll give you, like, a week to go over the other MCU films that you thought were in your top five and where you specifically placed this one. Um, But for tonight, I'm just going to say this was a lot of fun. (laughs) We broke down (laughs) so much stuff. Um, One scene I wanted to to mention really quickly and get you guys this very quick talk, so we got, like, a minute left. Um, We didn't really talk about the ancient one, and the reason why that scene was of so much importance is because I loved when Banner told her, um, Strange gave us the stone. And she's like, gave it to you? Why would he do that? And he's like, I don't know. He just he gave it to us. Uh, and yeah. she immediately thought to herself, mm-hmm. this moment of me not giving him the time stone could be exactly why Strange ends up dead. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't be the reason something wrong happens. So I trust Strange enough. And remember, at that moment, she hadn't met Dr. Strange yet. So it's like mm-hmm. the fact that she trusted someone she knew she was going to meet five years from now was yeah. amazing. I love that. And I loved when he's like, I'm looking for Dr. Strange. She's like, Dr. Strange, is, you know, is, isn't is here yet. He's actually down there uh, doing surgery. Dr. Strange won't actually be Dr. Strange till five years from now. And I thought that was so important, so crucial Um, and I think that is the most slept-on scene of the movie. So really, really, really quickly, Tia, what were your thoughts on that scene?
4: Loved it. Absolutely loved that they decided to have her, you know, at least have the foresight to know that that was the right thing to do. Absolutely. Pal?
3: I was not expecting to see her, and when I saw her on the screen, it felt so rewarding, and it just felt like everything fell into place after that. So I loved it.
2: Absolutely. And, Dom, really quickly, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I definitely think it was uh, surprising and, it was, like, a very pivotal thing that had to happen.
2: Absolutely. I want to thank all three of you for joining me. Shout out to Mike. Couldn't be on this this episode, but we'll see Mike next Friday, and we'll see you all next Friday for an all-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Uh, so, till then, peace. And also, remember, Game of Thrones, Tony Stark is the only Stark that gets to die this weekend. No other Stark. <laughs>